Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Ruddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who absolutely loved the Super Bowl halftime show, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. That's uh, 100% correct. I love the Super Bowl halftime show. It's, it's in my recollection, which I don't remember things very well, this is my favorite Super Bowl halftime performance by a mile. I loved it. Uh, really, really great. Um, but we're not just here to talk about that. Uh, this is actually our Super Bowl special, our little bonus episode. Um, it'll be put out right after we're done recording it. And, of course, the third member of this podcast is a somber, yet hopefully hopeful, Ben O'Brien. Ben, I need like a 30 seconds. Just just quick, how are you How are you feeling? What are you thinking? To tell, to tell the people. I, I got a lot on my mind. Um, I mean, I have reasons to be optimistic. I have reasons to be happy. And at the same time, I have reasons to be pissed off. So, I don't know, man. It gets... It changes by the hour. There's there's times where I feel great. It was an, it was a fun game to watch. I, it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. I loved every it second really of it. Game. And then there are times where I sit I sit back and or you know I can't go on Twitter without seeing something about it. So um, there's times where I'm just so frustrated and I'm just praying that that's not the one chance in my lifetime I'll get to watch the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So it, it depends on the hour. I mean, I don't feel great at the moment, but. Um, I mean, it could be worse. Me complaining about my favorite team losing the Super Bowl, I, I think I, I could be in a lot worse position than that. So I guess looking looking at it from hindsight at the moment, I don't have a whole lot to complain about. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, this is truly – this was – it really was a great game. Great halftime show. Collectively great. I, I think the the, the, uh, the viewership came in today. It was $112 million, uh, which is up like $20 million more than last year. Did you guys know that last year was like one of the lowest rated Super Bowls in the past 10 years? I didn't know that. At all. Well, I mean, I, th- I think I think a part of... Well, I'm not actually too surprised by that. I mean, just... Well, the matchup, it, sh- it certainly should not have been when we get Mahomes and Brady, but just with COVID and everything and, you know, no fans. That is like, true. That I is wasn't true. surprised. No, I'm not really necessarily that surprised by that. But, look, we don't need to talk about uh, about last Super Bowl. Let's get into this game. Um, and I kind of want to start this off. And, Ben, I'm going... I got to go straight back to you. Okay, it's right after the first quarter ends, the... the the Rams go down and score another touchdown. They're up thirteen to three. Okay, um, and obviously they had like the missed extra point. I don't know what happened um, on that exactly. What's going through your mind? Thirteen to three is this game? Like this game feels out of hand. It feels like the Bengals have pretty much done nothing, and the the like, you know like that that pass to OBJ. It's like all right, no one's gonna be able to guard him inside the twenty five yard line. You know. Um, so what, what what did you think at this point? Thirteen to three. My thought was the Bengals had them right where they wanted them. The Bengals have come back from behind all year. They came back against the Chiefs from behind. Mm-hmm. I think they were down by they were down uh, against the Titans and the other round before that. So no, I wasn't worried at all because I don't know for whatever reason it's like you're down ten points, you're down twenty points. I don't care who it is. It's for whatever reason this year it's been like oh they'll find their way back to it. So I really wasn't that worried. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was worried was well if the Bengals are going to play the field goal game, which they've loved to play all year, which is where yeah. they go down and kick a field goal. The red zone offense has been atrocious. Mm-hmm. Against the Rams, I was a little worried that that was going to be the case. Um, but honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't freaking out. Obviously, it wasn't a great sign to watch OBJ and then Cooper Cup get the, get two touchdowns fairly quickly in the game. But um, I really wasn't. I was not that concerned for whatever reason. I felt optimistic, and again, I think a lot of it's just the fact that I, I had seen the Bengals come back from much larger deficits against teams like the Chiefs before. So. 13 to 3 was not that concerning with me and then you know obviously they score the touchdown and they go into half down 3 13 10 and I at that point I was on top of the world I felt fantastic so um no never really any doubt at that time period that 
that I or no, I guess I should say no fear at that time period that the game was going to get out of hand. Yeah, and what's so interesting is we've seen that's been kind of a theme of the NFL in these playoffs collectively, and the Rams. I mean, just la- the last game they were playing the Bucks, it seemed like it was a demolishing. Um, uh, big shout out to my buddy Greg. He was texting me like, "This game's over." It was like the first quarter, and they were up, you know, whatever yeah, it was, seventeen nothing or seventeen three, and they came all the way back. So, uh, Trevor, you know, we go into halftime thirteen ten. Bengals did end up putting up some points. Um, there was an. It seemed like the tides were turning. You know, we got the interception. Um, they got the interception. They ended up punting after that, but nevertheless, they did get the interception. Um, so, you know, were were you worried for Bengals fans at this point in time? Yeah. So, so for me at halftime, I was like, "This is awesome. I think we're in for a really good game." It's the first half. I thought was just incredible in general. I thought it was a really good first half. You had the Rams come off to like a really good start, struggling to run the ball, but then the passing attack. It was clear that like Eli Apple in particular. Don't mean to pick on Eli Apple, but uh, I think there's a lot of reasons to pick on him. Um, but him and you know a couple of the other corners. It just seemed like that Matthew Stafford at any point could, if he has one-on-one coverage with Cup or OBJ that they're going to find their way to get open, and they have at least a 50% chance of getting that completion, if not greater, um, and, and they're going to get you know quite a number of big plays. So I thought that the Rams would really be able to take advantage of that. I mean, I, I picked the Rams to win. I thought they were going to win, and as soon as I kind of got that little bit of confirmation of you know already kind of thinking that the Rams could do that, then I thought it might not be as close as I expected it to when it was 13-3 at least then we saw the Bengals they come down they put together uh you know their long drive they they make it 13 to 10 and then that's when it was like all right now we have a really good game because the Bengals were basically doing the best they could on offense Joe Burrow was doing a really good job getting the ball out quick short throws Tyler Boyd had a couple catches Uh, I think uh you know you had um Joe Mixon get a couple catches, so they were doing a really good job of getting the ball out quick, um, and and you know the offensive line you know progressively throughout the game got worse and worse. Um, but I think given the circumstances with what Joe Burrow had, I think in general Joe Burrow actually had a really solid game. Um, but again, you have to be pretty much perfect. That's kind of what I've thought going in, and um, unfortunately he wasn't perfect. He was pretty pretty darn good, but he wasn't perfect. Yeah, so I actually have a little bit of a different perspective. I really don't think this was a great offensive performance from the Bengals. No, it, it, they had it the wasn't. One... It wasn't. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that given I'm saying given what the offensive line is, I think the game plan that Joe Burrow executed that seemed to be the short passing and the receivers at least mm-hmm. getting in these little tight windows, I thought they were doing as good as they could have. That's what that's what I think. That's understandable. It's very interesting because this game, besides like the little bit of offense in that first quarter, we pretty much didn't have anything happen in terms of offensive play for like the rest of the game. The Bengals' defensive front was getting an extreme amount of pressure, especially in the third quarter for like an extended period of time. Um, and it seemed almost after the Bengals scored that like really long touchdown, which I mean that was a horrendous. I can't believe that face mask wasn't called or hand to the face, whatever you want to call it, illegal contact. I mean that was crazy. Um, but it seems like to me, I mean, besides that play and the, the two touchdowns that the, uh, the, the Rams got at the start of the game that in that first quarter, there was like pretty much no offense the entire rest of the game, uh, which was super interesting. 
so, you know, Ben, here's my question for you. We're in that part where, like, the Bengals are kicking their field goal, uh, and then there was, like, seven or eight punts in a row, you know, and it's 20 to 16. What is, what is going through your mind? You're up by four uh, against this Rams team. They have no OBJ. Tyler Higby's out. Uh, they have a 40-some-year-old left tackle. Their run game was clearly not working at this point. What was mm-hmm. going through your mind up four points? Yeah, so I felt great at that point because at that time period, I'm looking and I'm going, the defense for the Bengals is playing out of their minds. Phenomenal. And yes, it helps that OBJ gets hurt. But, Matt, I mean, people forget, but Matthew Stafford was really bad for, like, most of the game. He was, he was not good. Okay, he, had, he obviously had a great drive at the end. But that third quarter, he was terrible. He was missing throws left mm-hmm. and right. For whatever reason, it's like the Rams forgot for two for the second and third quarter that Cooper Cup was on the team because first quarter he was mm-hmm. great, fourth quarter he was great, but quarters two and three he was garbage. He didn't do anything. Um, so at that point in the third quarter, teams are going back and forth. They're punting back and forth, and I'm looking at the Bengals' defense like, this is awesome. This is phenomenal. I mean, for two weeks people have been saying the only way the Bengals are going to win this game if, it, if it's a 23-20 to 20 or 24-21. They're like, the, Bengals, the only chance the Bengals have is if this is a low-scoring game. So I'm sitting there going, this is exactly what the Bengals need. Um, and every time the Bengals got the ball, I, I every time I just said, we just need to – or I don't want to say weeks. I'm on the team. I hate that. But they just need to get one drive together. If they, they, they were up 20 to 13 or 26. I was like, they can just go get one more touchdown, get it to 27 to 13 or 27 to 16. Um, I would have felt awesome about that game because, again, like I said, the way the Rams were playing, I, I figured they had one more drive in them in that second half, which is what we saw. I didn't know if they necessarily had two more touchdown drives in them um, in that game. So every time the Bengals got the ball and they punted in that third quarter, I felt like just such a wasted opportunity there. Um, and again, that's where the Bengals' offensive line completely fell apart. But Bengals are up four for most of that most of that third quarter, and I felt I felt amazing. I felt fantastic. I mean, I, I really can't express how phenomenal that Bengals' defense played all game. And like I said, yes, mm-hmm. again, it helps when Odell gets hurt. But um, that third quarter, I think, really showed – how one how great the Bengals rush defense is and it's been great all year but also how well um that their dbs at least for the most part have been playing throughout the game so um Bengals up four in that third quarter i felt really good and like like you said before brandon i i, I believe there was i thought there was a strong possibility that neither team was going to score again um because of how well the defenses defenses had been playing so um again obviously that that didn't that did that situation did not occur i mean there there was more scores but I mean, we're sitting there 2013, 2016 for a large portion of the second half, and I was feeling really good at that point. Yeah, and we went, like, over a quarter with absolutely no scoring. I, I, I texted you guys there, and I was like, "There's, we might not get any more points this entire game. I mean, it seemed like no one could move the ball. Obviously, we get down, there's that 15-play drive with the Rams that do end up scoring. So something I want to touch on, because this is where we finally got, like, a ton of penalties at the end there. Um uh, that the Rams got, you know, whether it's luck or not, it seemed like most of them were penalties to me. Trevor, I'm going to direct this question at you first, then go back to you, Ben. This officiating in this game, I thought was really, really great. Obviously, we had, you know, a couple pretty blatant missed calls, but overall, they let the guys play. Uh, there was not a lot of penalties until the end. So I wanted to hear your opinion on the officiating, because that, that is always going to be a hot topic after a big game. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can say it's great. I, I definitely wouldn't, I wouldn't characterize it that way. But, um, you know, for for any fans who are gonna say that the Bengals got robbed, I just I I really disagree. Um, I I think there was clearly the one call with the face mask that you already mentioned, Brandon. I mean, that was it was cl- pretty clearly the wrong call. And then on this last drive with the Rams, which maybe there were there were probably other calls in between, but the calls that are at the forefront of my mind are 
um, the the Jalen Ramsey, the face mask, and then the the holding one that they called that probably wasn't uh, probably wasn't holding um, on. I, I forget who it was. It was the linebacker uh, for the Bengals, where he was yeah. like like he had his hand on him, but like to me. I don't know. A lot of people came out. I think there were like other linebackers in the NFL. They were like, no way. That's which of course they're saying that, but I, I didn't really think it was either. So I don't know. It, and again, we, we talked about this. We were texting about this Brandon. Like, does that make it even out? Like, I don't know if it evens out, but in a way I felt like, okay, the Rams scored a touchdown here. Now it's 23, 20, you know, obviously they have the, they have the great play to cup, um, you know, that Stafford made to, to cup on with Eli Apple on him. Um, and then it was like, all right, 23-20, the Bengals still have a chance here. They have, I think it was like a minute and 30, something like that, minute 25, something like that. And it's like, all right, if the Bengals are going to win this game, if they deserve to win this game, they're going to go down, they're going to kick a field goal, they're going to force overtime, and they'll win in overtime. And then otherwise, the Rams, you know, they're the deserving winners. And we saw what happened on the last drive. You know, it seemed like they had that really good play to chase. I saw that throw to chase, and I was like, oh, here we go. Like, that's a great play, um, you know, to kind of get the momentum here. They really have a shot. And after that play, I kind of thought we were heading overtime, to be honest with you. But then we saw how it how it changed a little bit. They ran that run on third and one, which I, I don't know if I love necessarily, but they did it. They got stopped, um, even though it did seem like he was going to get it. Um, but they stopped him short, and then we saw the fourth and one play, obviously, with Donald um, getting there and Burrow almost spinning around and completing it. I was like, man, if he would have completed that pass and the Bengals go on to win it, like that pass would be shown over and over again. But it wasn't completed. Mm-hmm. It fell short. And uh, uh, the Rams take on the victory. So so I have two things uh, to mention here. Uh, ben, I want to hear your opinions on the refs. Uh before I get like in grave detail, but I really want to go in depth on that last play. Um, so, so Ben, go ahead and talk a little bit about the refs, what you thought from your perspective. Obviously, you're a little more biased than we are, but I'd like to hear from a Bengals fan what they thought of the, the officiating overall. So let me preface this by saying, blaming the refs for the loss is a, is a loser argument. I hate that. I've never liked right. that. Um, I, the, the, the refs are not the reason why the Bengals lost that game. Their offensive line was the reason why the Bengals lost that game. Um, but... The officiating was frustrating, I can say that, because mm-hmm. here's the thing, like, um, and then plenty of people have said this, but for 58 minutes, it was pretty loose, and then all of a sudden, they tightened it up at the end, and it's just, it was just, it, the inconsistency bothered me. Um, and obviously, yes, the T. Higgins touchdown, touchdown bomb, clear face mask, I'm not arguing that, that was, that was no question, but at the same time, Jalen Ramsey got away with a, a holding on T. Higgins in the first quarter in the end zone. Um I mean, Aaron Donald was offsides multiple times. There's multiple false starts on the Rams on that final drive they scored. Didn't get called. Um, that holding on Logan Wilson was not a hold. I, don't, I, I barely think he touched him. Um, yeah. So that's frustrating. And, on, and, again, that's one of those things. That Logan Wilson play, I love the Bengals' chances fourth and goal from the seven-yard line. The Bengals' right. defense at that point was playing pretty well. Um, I think I really do think the Bengals might win that game if, if that call is not – if that – or that uh, penalty's not called on Logan Wilson. But, again, I'm not saying that's the reason why they lost. It's just frustrating. It, mm-hmm. it did change the game. Um, but, again, like Trevor said, after all that, um, all those penalties, the Bengals still had the ball with minute 29 left with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like, the Bengals still had every opportunity to win that game. Um, and the reason why I was so upset after that game, it wasn't the officiating, it was the fact, and this is what I told everyone. I told probably 20 people this, and I said it exactly like this. Um I mean, that game was handed to the Bengals on a silver platter. Like, they had every opportunity to win that game if they just had a 
average offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes me upset more than any of the officiating. Yes, the officiating was frustrating. There were so many things both ways that I think could have been called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate the whole, well, that was a makeup call, and that one makes up that call. I hate that. Um, naturally, I get people say that, but I hate that discussion um, because, and again, notice how I'm sounding exactly like the opposite of a Browns fan where it's like, there's missed calls all the time, okay? <laughs> missed calls all the time. Browns fans don't understand that. And I have to throw a shot at Browns fans just because they're the worst, but Browns fans forget that. Hell you know, there's, yeah. There's, there's missed calls all the time. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and argue that that's the reason why they lost. The Bengals had every opportunity to win that game, even after all that minute and a half left. You have an average offense line. I really do think the Bengals win that game. So, yeah, frustrating. Yeah. You know, or they are not frustrating, but the officiating is frustrating. Um, but every every fan of every single football team ever has said the same thing after after exactly, the NFL yeah. game. And it's the, the the officiating was frustrating because I mean, you put yourself in that situation. I'd be the worst ref ever. You know how hard it is to be an NFL ref. Yeah, things are happening really <laughs> a split second. You got six of you to watch twenty two players. Like, I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to blame the refs and say it's rigged or whatever. Those are the, I mean, they're the ref in the Super Bowl. They're clearly some of the best refs in the NFL. So, yeah, um, yes, exactly. the officiating is frustrating, but I have way more, way other, or so many other things to to complain about than the officiating in this game. I I think you put that perfectly because it, it always, you know, every game it's like, oh, we were slighted by the refs. You know, for for every team, like any team could possibly say that. I mean, the Rams definitely had the worst, the worst of the the refereeing with that face mask call. I mean, that that was. That was pretty much the only offense that the I mean that one play was was their big play. They had one of the yeah. drive where they drove down and, and they got a touchdown seventy five yards. I mean that was pretty much their only like big, big play that yeah. happened the entire game. Um and that, I mean that was a huge momentum shift when that happened. So, you know, you could you could argue that, but you make a great point. You know, that's not the biggest worry. Uh so it's interesting you said a lot about the, the line because I want to segue into the the final play, that that fourth down play. Uh, have either of you seen like the breakdown of this play, like on you know whether it's on Twitter or TikTok, whatever? Dude, I don't know. Too too many times, man. It yeah, makes so, me sick. Makes so me sick I, to watch that. Trevor, play. have you seen it? Uh, no, not no. I don't think so. Okay, okay. So oh, Ben man, Ben Ben knows everything I'm about to say. So I'm, yeah. I'm more so speaking to you, Trevor. This play was insanely successful. Like it was very successful play. What they were trying to do, you you have on the right side, Jamar Chase doing essentially like a go route, right, Ben? Yeah. Um. And he he got open. He beat Ramsey. He Ramsey like, actually got open. Yeah. Um, now I don't know. I will say this. I I like the play call. Why he's involved in the go route? Maybe because he's the fastest. But I, that's not what I I wouldn't put my best receiver on the go route in this situation. The two receivers on the left side was it Boyd and Higgins, Ben? I don't remember. Maybe Uzama was over there. Um, it was Uzama. It was Uzama remember. and Higgins. Yeah, it was Uzama, Uzama had Uzama ran it out, and I think he was yes. pretty open on that out. So they it did. They did the throw. cross route. They did kind of yeah. like the the pick type play. Yeah. And Uzama did an out to the left side. He was it open. Was he would have yeah. had a fifteen yard pickup. Yeah. I mean, they, they the, the play worked perfectly. Um, and then uh, Pirine, the the backup running back. I don't know why you don't have Mixon in. He's a good pass blocker started. too. Yeah. Joe Burrow almost completed the pass to him. He mm-hmm. didn't even give that good of an effort. Like, he could have gotten that ball. So it's interesting, you know, we, we've seen a lot of talk, especially from Mangos fans, about, oh, look, Case was the right call uh, instead of, uh, as the draft pick uh, this past season, instead of, uh, the, what's the offensive tackle's name that's on the lines, Ben? Panay Sewell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we've seen, like, the, you know, the, the meme where it's like, you know, you're not going to be able to throw the ball if you don't have the line blocking. And that's yeah. quite literally what happened it's on literally this what play. what happened. And I, I, I've talked extensively about this. I, I do not think Chase was the right pick. Chase is an amazing player. He would have been what? amazing no, ever. No, come won. on. I, I still I still stand by it. No, you're insane. No, you're wrong. I do. No, this is just a bad take. 
This is a bad I pick. disagree. Chase won. I disagree. Chase won Offensive Rookie of the Year. The fact that the Bengals made the Super Bowl. So you're telling me you think they would have been in the same position with uh, Soul? I don't think. I'm not trying to compare it in that sense. Because they had an incredibly successful year. And it's not like, like, I'm not knocking them necessarily for taking Chase. Because Chase ended up, and that's why Mm -hmm. I prefaced. I was like, Chase is an amazing player who will, will change franchises. But, Ben, what is the most important position besides quarterback in the NFL? the offensive line. It's it's a fact of the world. Receivers come and go. No. You can get receivers. This I mean, they have Boyd and Higgins, and they're both good. I think this I'm think i not saying thing. that they'd be in the same position or whatever, anything like that. I'm just saying it's interesting that, like, we had so much discussion about this, and then in the final play of the year when it mattered most, it quite literally happened. That's all I find interesting. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's, but I, you know, it's coincidence, obviously. You know, plays can go a million different ways, but... Yeah, that's I, true. I just but disagree. the old line, I, really I mean, the old line is the reason they they lost. Like Ben said, you know, but <laughs> to end the game, obviously that didn't that play did not work. They knew the ball out, and the Rams became the winner of whatever Super Bowl. What are we? 50s? 56. 56. Yes, 56. Overall, I had a great time watching this game as a non-biased perspective of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about in our little Super Bowl recap here, Super Bowl bonus episode? Yeah. Uh, before we kind of hop off. Yeah, so I mean, I, I agree. I thought it was a pretty good game. Uh, the beginning especially, and then the end was also good. The middle was very strange. A lot of weird things happened and a lot of defense, um, yeah. which got a little not <laughs> a little not that interesting. But yeah, I think just in general, just kind of looking back on the season now, I mean, what the Rams did, because this is you know what a lot of people are saying, like the Rams went all in, right? They went all in. They made this trade mm-hmm. to get Stafford. To bring him in because yeah, they, they had a they long year ahead of them, and and now they have all these. Obviously, they have all these great players, but older players. Some of them talking about retirement. Aaron Donald might retire. You know that would be a huge hit. So with with this all in strategy here, it paid off for the Rams. You know everything they did. You know giving up all those draft picks, it paid off. They got their Super Bowl, and now we might look at the next five ten years. The Rams might not be so good. You know like may, maybe they'll still be good next year, but I'm saying like three four five years from now they might suck. But I, I, I think when you look back and just say, like, if they go 4-13 four and 13, four years from now, oh, yeah, but we got the Super Bowl four years from now. So I think at the end of the day, it pays off. If you get a Super Bowl, you know, that's what matters most. So for the Rams, it's just, you know, in, in the all-in strategy, I, in a sense, I like that the Rams won because of that all-in strategy, just from that perspective, because that's something that I, you know, kind of believe in in a sense. We saw the Milwaukee Bucks do a similar thing. Um, although Drew Holiday is nowhere near as important to the Bucks as uh, Stafford is to the Rams, I don't think. But mm-hmm. the Bucks kind of did a similar thing in the NBA, so I think that's really interesting. And then from the Bengals' standpoint, I mean, I mean, people were predicting them to win like six games, five games, four games. You yeah. know, in the preseason power rankings, I had them very low. I know a lot of people had them very low. Um, so for them to win the NFC North and make it all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's incredible. And then for the next 10, 15 years, they have Joe Burrow, one of the best five or six quarterbacks in the NFL, and he's going to be one of the best five, six quarterbacks in the NFL for the next 10 to 15 years. And they have Chase, mm-hmm. and they have some of these other pieces. they gotta get, they got to improve their offensive line, but you know, they got a pretty solid foundation, I think, here. Yes, and just because I am the nerd that I am, we got to give a little bit of a salary uh outlook for both of these teams. Now, this is really a tale. It's two completely different tales for these teams. I know you upset, Ben, but the Bengals have so much potential. This coming season, they have 46 players under contract. Really, not a lot of big guys in terms of big 
heavy hitter, you know, cap signings. Jesse Bates and uh, Uzama will definitely garner a lot of money, but they have $50 million in cap room, um, and those guys are not going to come close to reaching that. I mean, probably $20 million, maybe 25 for those guys, another 7 or 8 for draft picks. They're going to have $20 million to play with uh, to beef up that offensive line, uh, maybe the linebacking core. <coughs> Some cornerbacks, something like that. They're, they're in a good position, Benny, very, very good position. The Rams, on the other hand, have 48 players signed. They have negative 10 in cap, and they got a lot of important players to sign. Sonny Michelle, Odell Beckham Jr., um, Von Miller. They got to re-sign multiple starters on the offensive line. Potentially, Andrew Whitworth is probably going to retire. That's a big hole to fill. If if uh, what's his name retires, I'm I'm blanking on literally the Aaron Donald. If Aaron Donald retires, um, which supposedly is like an actual real thing, um. That's an enormous hole. I mean, that's the best one of the best players in the NFL. So they have a lot to work with. Uh, ben, I'm going to leave the final thoughts for you as, you know, this was your Bengals were in this game. Final thoughts on their outlook, the game, whatever you'd like to talk about. Yeah, I mean, their outlook is positive. I'll say exactly what I told you before we started recording, Brennan. I'd feel a whole lot better if they weren't in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and yeah. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Um, but I'm, I'm very optimistic. I mean, obviously – I, one of the first things I said after that game, and I, I was like, this sucks, but I was like, I cannot wait for the first game next year because it'll be the first time in a long time or the first game they have so much hype around them. Um, so I'm already looking forward to next year. I already told my friends, like, uh, they should have more than one primetime game next year, which is good. I can't remember the last time a team made the Super Bowl having one freaking primetime game. And spoiler, you have to have at least one primetime game. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I'm very excited. And yes, I mean, Jesse Bates is going to require a good amount of money, and they have some things to touch up. But again, I've said before, like, a lot of hope. Bengals are in a pretty good position, and knock on wood, obviously, yeah. and they, they have to get some things right. But um, I mean, this is by far the most optimistic offseason I, I can remember in a very, very long time for them. So it sucks. It stings. It's going to take me a while to get over this one. But um, looking back on it, it, again, and I kept saying all week, like, I really couldn't believe that they're in the Super Bowl, and it, it hit me during the coin toss. For whatever reason, I was watching the coin toss, and I was like, "The Bengals are in the freaking Super Bowl. This is the greatest thing ever." Um, mm-hmm. So it, it was just an awesome experience. Obviously, something I'll never forget. Um, it, it's rough. It's not fun. But I had somebody say, "Like, well, would you have rather have had them like miss the playoffs?" And I'm like, "Are you freaking crazy? This yeah, has been I mean, the most fun I've ever been as as a sports fan mm-hmm. for the last month. I mean, in my life." Maybe aside from heading into March as the Dayton Flyers, the number three team in the country. But, I mean, the last month in Cincinnati has been the greatest thing ever. So, um, just an awesome experience. Shout out to, to Joe Mixon. He has one pass in his NFL career for a touchdown in the freaking Super Bowl. So Perfect you know, quarterback That's rating. all I got to say. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Well, I, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to our little Super Bowl bonus special episode. Uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast. We will have episodes every single Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, for you guys recapping the previous weekend sports. Um, follow us on Twitter at the small baller or click the link in the description. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.